0: This is episode number 57. In this episode, I'm having a conversation with Jaromir Zalatka. Uh
1: We are building on the activities of INI Prague, which is a biotech incubator, which has been established like four years ago. And this is uh, one of the daughter com- companies. Uh, at the end of the day, it's it's... All these activities are driven by iocb Prague, the, the Public Research Institution. Simpler Research Institute was successful with, with some drugs, uh, HIV drugs.
0: Jaromir has more than five years of C-level executive experience in life science and was responsible for eight biotech spin-offs. During his career, he built a unique network to institutions in Central Europe and tech transfer offices. He has collected a deep scientific and market experience in the field and done several licensing deals that sum up to more than $500 million dollars in value. Yaromir was co-founder of Ironi Prague and recently founded I&I Biotech, a life science fund dedicated to develop life science companies in the early stages and he has raised over 40 million euros. In this episode we talk about Early stage investments in deep tech company, the complexity of spinning out technology from research organizations and the venture capital situation in Europe. I hope you enjoy the conversation the same way I did. Enjoy the show. Welcome to a new episode of uh, the Life Science Get Together podcast. Today with a very special guest from Prague, uh, Jaromir Zaradka. Jaromir. Welcome
1: to the show. Hello. Thank you very much, Christian, for the invitation. I'm really looking forward. It's it's really great to be here.
0: You're very welcome. Uh, Jaromir, uh, one of my favorite topics uh, in the last year, and also the reason why I founded Life Science Gets Together, is uh, the European Life Science Early Stage Ecosystem, which I found back uh, in the time from 2006 to 2017 was pretty empty. And um, McKinsey reports that I read lately uh, confirmed my impression. And uh, they point out that in the last year's life science has a great science, uh, great scientific base in Europe, but lacks a few things like uh, capital growth capital or experts that are accelerating the process and On the internet lately, I saw one of your, especially LinkedIn. I saw one of your latest successes. You closed a life science fund in Prague. Let's talk a little bit about uh, your latest success, Jaromir.
1: Okay, so uh, yeah, I'm I'm really happy that that you uh, noted that 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 we were successful with that. So actually, I and I biotech fund. It's, uh, it's an investment fund in which is focusing on, uh, early phase, uh, projects in, in life science field, drug discovery, diagnostics, med tech, and it's belong to, to the funds which are backed by EIF, uh, European mm-hmm. Investment Fund as one of the co-investors in the, in the area of, of, tech transfer funds. So, so this is, this is a fund, uh, which belongs to the others, which has been established, uh, let's say associated to, uh, other very uh, prestigious scientific institutions. Uh, so, for example, there is one fund in the K11. There is one fund with the VIB. Uh, Max Planck is having its its, its fund. So, um, in this perspective, our mother institution IOCB Prague, which is a research institution, uh, somehow was entrusted by the EIF and the other co-investors, and this fund has been established uh, to support early phase projects, which are mostly should originating in academia based on the years of, 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 and years of, of, of research. So INI Biotech Fund is an investment fund, uh, which is actually having now 45 million in the very first closing, and uh, which is investing in, in biotech projects in early phase.
0: That's, that's, really, that's really great. 45 million is uh, uh, enough money to play around with. What is your perfect target looking like? What are you looking for?
1: Yeah, the fund is, is looking for uh, biotech projects, which has having some uniqueness, some uh, market potential, simply a superior projects in the field of discovery, diagnostics, medtech, um, life science, platform technologies, uh, chemistry, and, and other fields, uh, which are searching for either investor in a seed phase or series A, uh, who are uh, searching for investor or co-investor. We can offer a ticket up to 2 million euros in the very first round. We can go higher if, if it's um, successful in our point of view. And uh, we are simply selecting the best of the best projects from all around the Europe. So we are open for projects coming from the Central Europe, which is the, the most important area for us from Czech Republic and the other countries, uh, as well as uh, projects coming from the rest of the Europe, uh, moreover, we can invest a small part of our capital as well outside of Europe, so we are uh, in touch with, uh, with US-based projects uh, where we can invest as well.
0: That's, that's good to hear I have a nice audience that is also located in the United States so also these uh, founders uh, can reach out to you and it's possible to do that Yaremia yeah, uh, lately I spoke a lot with uh, founders about founding life science companies and very rarely about the background of uh, raising a life science life science fund I would be very I'm very curious to hear more about how you did it how was it to start a life science fund
1: Actually, uh INI Bio as a as a fund uh hasn't been started on on uh, like a greenfield. There was there was really something before and it's still here. So we are building on and, and we are successors of, of uh many let's say successful activities here here in Czech Republic, here in Prague. Uh, we are building on the activities of INI Prague, which is a biotech incubator, which has been established like four years ago. And this is uh, one of the daughter com- companies. Uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's all these activities are driven by IOCB Prague, the, the public research institution, Simply Research Institute, who was successful with, with some drugs, uh, HIV drugs marketing. So we are simply building uh, we are building on the activities of INI Prague, which is a biotech incubator, which has been established like four years ago. And this is, uh, one of the daughter com- companies. Uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's all these activities are driven by IOCB Prague, the, the public research institution, simply research institute who was successful with, with some drugs, uh, HIV drugs and first investments. So it's kind of evolution. Yeah. Uh, on the background, there is a, Top-level research, um, uh, it's a public research institution which is uh, making very good science, publishing into papers, uh, which, uh, which was very uh, lucky and very successful in, in application and commercialization of the results. Uh, there is as well a very unique tech transfer office uh, here, IOCB Tech, and then a, a biotech incubator as a, as a search part of the of the ecosystem and this ecosystem uh, was able to convince investors uh, to start a fund so it's like evolution which makes sense so uh, currently we have much more money which could be used in the ecosystem uh, which can help the ecosystem to let grow and attract other investors and attract uh, the most uh, ambitious projects from all around Europe. Stay with us we'll be right back.
0: Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. That's great. That's great to hear. Um, I know the fundraising process very well from companies and uh, sometimes it can be a very, very long process. It depends always on the time, what's going on on the market, uh, whether the science is hot right now or comes to fruition later on, and also to the relations to investors. I always wondered, how is it to raise a fund? What's not so much the uh, great science and the great ecosystem, but uh, the hardcore process behind it? Because you mentioned right now, yeah, we have a great uh, uh, life science ecosystem in Prague. And it sounded to me like I just need to pick up uh, the phone and call the AEF and say, okay, guys, uh, we have a great ecosystem, transfer the money, and in a week the deal is done and they are happy to do so. Uh, how long does it take and how hard is it really to raise such a fund?
1: Uh, so you're right, it's it's not not so easy. And it took, took many months and years actually before uh, we were able to receive approval from the European Investment Fund. So it was uh, really demanding and actually when the INI Prague uh, biotech incubator has been established in uh, 2017 so even before we started first discussions with uh, with uh, other uh, investors or possible co-investors including the EIF and actually uh, that was uh, one of the most important goals of uh, INI Prague to attract uh, further co-investors to invest in in the in biotech field here in Prague because there is really good Uh, background for that, there is a a really good research and a lot of projects which uh, are making sense to be invested. And uh, actually we started the incubator with the idea that at the end we should be able to attract further investors and co-investors to join. And actually uh, the story with the EIF was um, uh, very long and and we started first discussions, real discussions uh, with the, um, let's say, first real plans uh i think it was in 2018 19 and since that time we simply uh searched together uh how this could make sense together mm-hmm. and if uh uh we can really attract uh good projects and if we have a sufficient uh, pool of projects and we were able to convince EIF that it it makes sense and this is not uh by chance that that uh, we are uh, actually very first such a fund of this kind uh, in the uh, former eastern part of Europe. So uh, these uh, ac- investment activities are um, already established and a- already are working in, in like Western Europe. However, if it is something new. And it was not easy to find, ha- find uh, understanding of all, all the parties around, of, of, I'd say, scientists, all, all the members of the ecosystem, uh, scientists, companies, uh investors and, and EIF to find a way uh how this uh can be established and how new fund could be beneficial for, for all of them. So uh this was really a long story and, and we changed uh, team meanwhile and 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 many things happened many startups have has been invested only by INI Prague um meanwhile so it was it was quite a long story uh, however, yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy, uh, to, uh, somehow find understanding between, uh, such a, um, different groups like scientists, uh, tech transfer people, investors and companies. And simply this was, this was the goal, uh, to find real understanding and set up the fund, which will be somehow, uh, Giving a lot of benefits uh, to startups, and we'll find a way as as well how the startups will be then exited, and 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 will continue in their journeys.
0: Great work, congratulations, great work. So you pushed through three years of hard work, negotiations. Uh, trying to educate people to find common grounds, mutual understanding uh, why it makes sense to place a fund in Prague and uh, why it makes also sense to strengthen the ecosystem in Central Europe, which is not a given. And then he moved forward. It reminded me of a conversation I had with Walter Stockinger um, half a year ago, also on the podcast. At one point, People like myself very often like to forget that uh, also an investment fund is nothing else like a company with people working in it and a team. Uh, Tell me a little bit more about your organization. Uh, Are you, let's say, I exaggerate a little bit. Are you the only person at the fund who is uh, working 24-7 or do you have a great team in the background that is running the business with you?
1: Actually, uh, yeah, of course, it's not, not just me. Uh, it's the, there are a lot of, uh, excellent colleagues in, in, in my team. Uh, actually we started, i INI Prague as, as, as an incubator, uh, four and a half years ago, uh, in just a team of two people. Uh, nowadays, uh, there are five, uh, full-time, uh, people who are working for, for, for the fund. And, um, during the discussion with, with, with the investors, including EIF, or we simply find uh, further team members, uh, partners for the fund. So uh, our expertise was broadened uh, with the other expertise of like fund management and, and more from a finance world. So uh, nowadays, uh, we have like a team of uh, 12 people. All of them are very experienced. Uh, and let's say the technical part of a, of a team, INI Prague, uh, who will help. Uh, the funds to select the best of the best projects. So, that incubator consists of uh, well educated people in life sciences, which uh, are having uh, years of experience in, in out licensing and commercialization and, and the spinning off companies. So, uh, with this respect, the team is providing us the expertise that we can work as a smart money investor. So, uh, thanks to the team. And thanks to the background of of our mother institution and and the tech transfer of IOCV tech, we can uh, go deep into technology and we can really go deep in in the research behind and uh, pick something which is unique, something which has a good chance to be successful. So there is, back to the question, so there there is a team of around uh, 10 uh, to 12 people we are uh, still hiring uh, and... uh, There is another broader uh, network of experts and and partners who can help us uh, with the expertise which is not in-house now. So we have very, uh, in fact, very broad team and uh, our operations are therefore supported by the expertise of of many and many uh, smart and well-educated people.
0: Let's shine a little light on the ecosystem in Prague. You mentioned a few organizations already. And uh, let's give a little bit more insight uh, into these organizations for the listeners that they really uh, understand what's going on in Prague and in what, let's say, nice field of expertise they can tap into. You mentioned uh, one organization that I find very interesting, it's called IOCP. Uh, can you give a little bit of background to IOCP? Mm-hmm.
1: OK, so the IOCB is the Institute for Organic Chemistry and Biochemistry. So it's one of the institutes of uh, Czech Academy of Science. Uh, simply, this is uh, um, like four buildings here in, here in Prague where uh, around 700 scientists are, uh, are employed and they are doing their uh, basic research on the top quality level they are um, delivering a lot of nice results which are then published in the prestigious journals however the institute uh, uh, is somehow uh, oriented towards uh, small molecules uh, medicinal chemistry and uh, drug discovery and uh, this was a very uh, successful story it happened here 25 years 30 years ago here in prague when professor antonin holly started uh, uh, his story of, of antiviral, antiviral drugs, which um, in collaboration with KU 11 it has been at the end of the day outlicensed to Gilead. And uh, this is the story of tenofovir, one of the most successful drug against uh, HIV. Nowadays, there is a new generation of, of, of the drug on the market in multiple combinations. So thanks to this story, the Institute is um, now receiving around 100 million US dollars per year in in royalties. Uh, which is really an exceptional story, and congratulations uh, yeah and we are we are so lucky that we can build on this and this this institute started to think about uh, more professional tech transfer more than ten years ago and established its own tech transfer office i o c b tech uh under management of of, of uh, professor Martin Fusek, who is one of the smartest uh person and one of the biggest experts in tech transfer in absolutely
0: technology. absolutely. <laughs>
1: And uh, thanks to his work, um, I was for I know, more than four years, uh, one of uh, his uh, team member. And, uh, thanks to uh, the work of his team, uh, they were able to develop quite impressive portfolio of further projects, uh, within the IOCB, which in total is are like 20, 25 projects and many of them has been already out licensed. And many of them are already uh, producing first first revenues, and will uh, uh, and this is kind of reinvestment of those money, which should help help the the, the institute to uh, have such a, such an income for future years. Side of this, the institute is supporting uh, young scientists, uh, opening new positions, like uh, incoming grants, uh, something like Embo installations. They are financing such kind of grants, something like that for talented young scientists from all around the world. So they are really focusing on the excellent science. They are willing to grow to be uh, one of the best institutes in Europe. They are collaborating with many, many prestigious institutions in Europe, in, in Israel, in the in United States. And, and simply they are growing in the, in the scientific expertise and in the quality of research. And the tech transfer office is doing their uh, their job, and they are successfully now licensing and as well uh, spin-off formation and simply commercialization. And based on this uh, background, did uh, we decided to establish uh, in May two thousand seventeen, INI prag a biotech incubator. And the idea was that this should be a successor of of uh, uh, the knowledge, which has been generated at IOCB and IOCB tech. Uh, and those two guys are still yeah. trying to be better and better in, in the research and the tech transfer. And we as incubator are somehow trying to provide this knowledge and this momentum to show that this, this really works, that it's possible, that you can really produce something and commercialize uh, good uh, good projects. So uh, INI Prague has been somehow opened this capacity this capacity and this know-how and this expertise to the other projects from all around the Czech Republic and later as well uh, to the other projects from other countries. So thanks to this background, we have um, a good network, uh, we have good credit, uh, and um, we started to work in 2017. We started to uh, participate in the first startups uh, and support first licensing deals for all the other institutions. So um, this is kind of evolution, as I mentioned. Uh, INA uh at the very beginning, there was an idea that uh, there is no venture capital available in the central Europe for biotech, or almost no venture capital uh, available for, for specifically for, for, for biotech. There are some players, of course here around, but, but the mainstream is somewhere else in venture capital, like uh, AI or ICT or other, other fields. However, there is a good opportunity here to have a venture capital. Um, that the projects are here, ideas are here, and, and that time we already understood that uh, technologies invented here are not worse than, than inventions uh which are coming from from other parts of Europe, from Western Europe, from uh US or, or other other institutions because uh, once there is a top uh, level of research at the institution uh, then you can provide a top level of of, uh, of innovation at the at the end it takes more time to uh, start all the tech transfer activities and maybe you are have not so good support as in as in austria or germany or in us but uh, the, the quality of ideas uh, is is similar in in principle so uh, that was one of the reasons why the INA product has been established. And uh, we started as a, as a small team of two people with with a, with a little budget. And nowadays uh the incubator is having equity position in, in, in 10 startups, including one Congratulations. in Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. One in the one in the United States, uh, two in Germany, one in France, and the rest in Czech Republic. And we already received more than uh I think it's like 180 uh, uh relevant biotech projects to be evaluated. And from this pool, which is still growing, growing, we selected the best of the best. And we some of them we support in in, in licensing, some of them uh we uh support as a as a co-investor's or, or some advisor. So uh uh this is this is the evolution of, of of the ina product so we enlarged the team we started with education uh, activities we started uh, further networking and partnering with companies we initiated several original projects that uh, the, the ideas how the technology can be used or application of platform technologies were implemented and were successfully outlicensed, for example so we are really going step by step to uh, open uh, this, uh, central Europe, space, central Europe space, uh, for, for, uh, foreign investors, for, uh, West European investors or, or U S based investors. And one of those steps is, is the INI biotech fund. So we would like to show that it really makes sense to look in, in this region. We found out, for example, then, uh, this kind of fund is att- attractive as well for, for German startups and for Austrian startups because we are really based on uh, scientific knowledge. So uh, we can act as a, as a smart money investor. We are, we are well connected with companies. Uh, what, what we are doing very often is like early testing or early partnering. So we can do some independent testing of, of, of the technologies which... Uh, for example, not so focused funds in, in Germany are not able to do so much. We can uh, speak with uh, our colleagues here and they can do independent testing of the technology. It happened already several times. So we found out that, that we have something to offer for the whole region, not only uh, Central and Eastern Europe, but we, are, we can uh, be a good partner for, for uh, French projects, from a uh, project from Italy, from German projects. Austrian projects. And uh, thanks to our mother institutions, the, the institute and uh, IOCB Tech, the tech transfer office, uh, we are in pretty good touch with with uh, very good research. Uh, we are in uh, we have good access to to network of contacts. We are developing our network of com- contacts so we can somehow, Use all this what has been developed here for uh, for our projects, and this is maybe at- attractive uh, for for many of them. So in in principle, just uh, to mention, we are not scouting now so much actively for new projects because they are coming to us uh, thanks to our partners. We are uh, collaborating with other funds, with other incubators, and uh, I think more and more pe- partners understand that we have a good. Good background and based on this this uh network and and all this ecosystem uh we started now uh the fund as a as a way how we can invest more and how we can decrease the risk for the other investors so simply we are co-investing uh, in syndicates with investors who are not so experienced in biotech we are Discussing with the other investors who are willing to enter the biotech field, so they can join our fund as a, as a, as, a, as a co-investor or they can co-invest with us. Uh, they can request some kind of analysis uh, of their project. They are willing to invest. So simply nowadays we have INI Prague as a as a uh, knowledge base. It's 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 simply a knowledge hub for for biotech projects. We have a good expertise. Broad network. Uh, we have uh, academic labs here, clinic, clinical, uh, clinical uh, laboratories, offices of experts, and and we can uh, deliver something to the other investors who are willing to get some some answers uh, about their project. We can help the projects to be better. Uh, we can help it with with uh, staffing of the projects. We are used to uh, search for, for managers for, for our startups. Uh, We can help to to universities or or tech transfer offices who are not so experienced with negotiations, with valuation of of a project. Uh, We can support their activities based on some contract. And of course, uh, we can, uh, thanks to the fund, we can invest significant amounts uh, to uh, early phase startups where it's really needed where just the limited number of investors really understands what's going on there and where is the potential of, of some i don't know drug of some uh, drug candidate or some some uh, technology for for diagnostics uh, so we can a bit better understand uh, scientists and, and managers of such spin-offs uh, and we can help them as well to, to identify a best way how to go to the market or help them to decide for, for some indication, uh, which makes sense in our point of view, etc. cetera. So nowadays, really, we have uh, based on our background of the I, uh, IOCB Prague and IOCB Tech, uh, and our work like four four years of work in, in INI Prague we can offer uh, something to many, many partners. So this is this is really a knowledge hub. And then the fund, which is just a source of money for the best of the best projects, which can be invested.
0: It's great to hear what I always found exceptional around the IOCP is uh, the strong links uh, globally, internationally, uh, in two areas, uh, one is not very surprising it's the science um, I hope I remember it right, but at the Iocp seven hundred chemists uh, are doing research every day around so uh, correct me if I'm wrong and uh, let's
1: say, let's say so, sorry just just to correct you they are not only chemists they are biochemists there they are as well a computational chemist experts in in uh, drug design so it's it's, it's not so, it's a really complex system yeah. to support early phase drug discovery projects. Uh, really, from the very beginning, uh, computational, uh, computational chemistry, then, then biochemistry, chemistry, analytical chemistry. There are many disciplines at the IOCB Prague, and, and a lot of them are on the very top uh, level of quality. Stay with us. We'll be right back
0: coaching conversation 2024 this podcast is 100% dedicated to leadership and leadership within the workplace coaching area we work with companies throughout the world teaching leaders how to coach their employees this podcast is dedicated to teaching specific strategies frameworks coaching models and now artificial intelligent strategies to help leaders drive greater teamwork collaboration cooperation greater attitudes, better motivation, coaching career development, just to name a few. I hope you'll check out our podcast. That's that's true. Uh and it's not very surprising that those scientists who are really publishing in the world's best journals uh, and magazines, uh, that they create connections globally all over the world. But what I was very impressed uh, are also the business side, uh, the business mindset of the directors at the Iocp <clears throat> sorry, at the business mindset uh, from the directors at the Iocp that uh, created global business connections. Uh, Based on a understanding of the translation from science into products, which I personally think it's very complicated. Let's uh, talk a little bit about the, the, um, how the European ecosystem evolved in the last years with the IOCP example. Um, You mentioned that uh, one of the first steps to facilitate the transfer from science into products was founding IOCP Tech, which is the Tech Transfer Office. Uh, Coming from the in-licensing side, I find it very convenient when an organization, a research organization has a tech transfer office, because uh, what I learned with organizations that didn't have that, that it's... uh, very challenging to find a common ground, uh, to discuss business terms because the interests are so, so different. Um, my question to you is, uh, am I the only one that sees, uh, the complexity in the field of tech transfer or do you make similar experiences? Did it make sense to professionalize, uh, the, the, let's say the, uh, uh, the transfer from science into businesses?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, Maybe it's good good to mention that uh, there was some kind of evolution at the, at the IOCB uh, Prague as well and uh, a business thinking of 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 the of the institute in total uh, somehow evolved here. Uh, and let's say that uh, thanks to uh, especially Martin Fusek and Zay Hustomsky, current director at the institute, they decided to uh, make it even uh and, and previous director as well. Uh, to make it really professional uh, tech transfer uh, office. Uh, so it was somehow a unique model in, in Czech Republic. So they inspired that day, the days and, and and later as well by, by the examples from other countries, from, from Germany, from Israel, from the United States, how this could be done. And they decided uh, to establish a daughter company, like fully owned company as a tech transfer office, which is... A model which is known from, uh, from other countries, but it was the first time in, 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 Czech Republic. And, uh, this was a very good decision because then all the operations must be somehow, um, driven by the business, uh, thinking because the company is a, is a business entity. It's, it's, it's for profit company owned by the nonprofit, which is, uh, something which is well known in Europe. However, um, uh, this is, this is a way how, um, things could be done more more effectively. And as well with the support of, of Academy of Science, of, of, of the mother, mother of, of, of the all institutes, um, uh, they established uh, this as, as a first uh, uh as a first pioneering tech transfer office with this setup. Uh, nowadays other institutions are joining actually uh trying to do this as well, especially universities are trying to do this thing to support uh, spinning of of, uh, spin-off companies and support the transfer activities with the business uh, thinking. And uh, uh, in principle, uh, this, uh, let's say uh, that time when this has been designed and then then it evolved during the years, uh, we found out that there is not such a big a uh, uh, critical mass of projects uh, as it is in, in other countries. Or if you collect projects from a uh, broader uh, or bigger region, it makes uh, sense to really build a huge portfolio of a lot of projects and you are building really a critical mass of, of projects. And I'm not sure if this this really works, actually, because then you have a lot of, lot of projects and just a small part of, of them are licensed or commercialized. However, uh, thanks to uh, Martin Fusseig that, that, that time, like ten years ago, uh, they decided to uh, uh, invest more energy in in projects which are pre-selected. So uh, to select just not as big mass of projects, but small mass of projects which are pre-selected, which will have a better support, uh, which means that then uh, tech transfer uh, people, uh, our colleagues at the I- IOCB Tech, that time I was there employed as well so we simply participated on the project management of the projects and we somehow participated on the success of the projects as well which mean that, that there were uh, this uh, these projects uh, were driven with uh, by by those people in collaboration with scientists so it's a way how the tech transfer is not only providing expertise but as well, uh, helping with management. So introducing uh, simple techniques of uh, project management in, in a scientific project and slowly changing the management of the project to be more effective, more straightforward, and more targeted. So I- IOCB Tech established an I- IOCB Prague. They, they started at something so-called like targeted research groups mm-hmm. and later smaller groups like SWOT teams, like something which is for a short period focusing only on, on um, uh, let's say, uh, commercial side of a project and developing further further uh, results and uh, further outcomes of the project towards the goal of, of commercialization at the end. So uh, this is a way how the portfolio has been built up. So uh, smartly select the the project and then invest a bit more than just expertise and then just network uh, as well uh, it, it's good to invest as well uh, a work of the people and and somehow find a way how to work with the, with the original group with, with scientists uh and uh support the team with further experts with further people and this model uh where uh, tech transfer people are highly active in 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 the project is something which uh it's not so common in, in other countries as well, so it's kind of unique approach because we found out that the critical mass is uh, just just the critical mass is not 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 really something what could work here, and uh, this is the the business thinking there. So uh, every project uh, should be somehow driven based on the value. So simply you are following uh, development of a project uh, by adding other other value so if you see there is a need of some de-risking experiments you can do some uh, cheap de-risking experiments to get a huge value because you have much much more solid data package It's true so so this is uh, this is just an example so if you feel that, that that the weakest point of a project is that you don't have a, a project manager or you didn't have future ceo or project you have to find such such a person and somehow uh, help the person to to work for the project uh, in like pre-seed or early phase. And then the, the value of a project is, is growing. So you, point,
0: you, point, you pointed a very, very important uh, uh, concept or problem in, in the area that also McKinsey highlighted. Uh, I like the approach that uh, you and your colleagues have chosen at the IOCP to integrate business thinking. And I think one point that should be demystified is uh, what what's business. So um Science is one thing, and I think the success metrics in science are basically uh, creating new know-how and knowledge and also publications. But the business function is simply turning scientific results into products that help people. And in the end of the day, create uh, return streams, cash streams to the scientists so that they can... uh, uh create the next generation of great scientific results, and you have it that in the beginning of the speech. And I think it's a great idea. it's very it's very well uh, set up to integrate these business mindset very early in the process where scientists get help uh, to understand whether their science qualifies for a product uh which kind of product and how the future strategy should look like i like it can be out licensing it can be turning it into a startup and then the personality of the scientists play a role so i met scientists in my career who said uh I'm done with science. I want to develop my invention further and want to make sure that it really gets to the patient and to people and um, create something lasting. And then there were other scientists who said, um, I like the idea that my science helps people, but I don't feel that I'm the right person in a company. So the question to you is, and uh, McKinsey highlighted it, uh, they said in Europe, it's very challenging to find the right talent who understand to or to understand the process to turn science into businesses and scale it up. What experiences did you make in the last years in the European ecosystem? Is there really such a huge difference between the US-based ecosystem uh, or is McKinsey just exaggerating?
1: Yeah, it's not easy to go, uh, to go compare United States and, and, and Europe uh, and especially uh, like Central Europe uh, here. Uh, the uh, mindset and the thinking of people is, is, is really different. And I, I feel that it's it's really different if you compare uh Germany and Austria and Czech Republic and Poland and Slovakia and Hungary. So each country is a really uh different um approach and understanding what, what, what mean really commercial thinking and, and what is expected from scientists, etc. So in in principle, I think it's uh, important to First, to think about a role of scientists and, and how they, they are getting to their positions. So as a as a as a scientist, uh you are following your I, I worked there for six years. So if you are following the, the career, then uh after after several postdocs, you should uh do something really and, and compete really heavily with the others to have your own, own group and uh or to become a professor at the university. So it's it's really demanding and it takes time. And after such a such a long uh, investment, it, it's really hard to imagine that uh, you will uh, you will somehow waste everything and, and start in a startup to work for a startup, which is not very certain. So um, it means that that this is uh, in, in my point of view that it's important to search for uh, other people than just, uh, professors or PIs or, or, or group leaders, uh, who it, in Europe, I think it's not very common that they, they can, uh, become or start their own business, uh, because it's not, not easy to stay in the position at the university and, 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 uh, and have a, have a spin-off company together as, as one person, because it's really demanding. And it's just for, for exceptional, uh, talented people. However, in the mainstream, it's important to build up a community of people who are somehow interested in this field. Of course, very talented people who were able to uh, find a way how to work on both sides, like science and and, and business, Uh, those people are usually very evaluated by the companies and it's not easy to uh, uh, find such people and and convince to work uh, in a startup. So our uh, Idea is to simply help uh, young scientists uh, to find this field as as imp- as an interesting alternative uh, after the scientific career. So if if uh, those people are not satisfied anymore with working in in science, uh, postdocs who are coming back from from prestigious universities who are not able to find their uh own position for their own lab for example or who are willing to do something more um, on the business side so they can uh, be trained and start uh, their own uh, spin-off company it could be based on the idea of somebody else Uh, so you have a technical team a scientific team which must be still behind advisors, uh, original uh, authors or originators of the ideas. However, the management team could be built de novo. And uh, the same works for the tech transfer people. So my answer here is that uh, it's important to somehow attract the attention of a talented scientist who are willing to leave science, not to uh, start in the sales positions in companies, uh, however think about think about starting of of um spin-off companies or work for spin-off companies uh and according to my experience people who are so excellent that they are able to uh, uh be successful uh, and get a good position in post uh, postdoc position abroad and prestigious institutes so those people are able to uh be trained and they are have a good capacity to 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 be with managers because uh, they already proved that they are exceptional and that they can uh, really do something better than the others. So it's not for everybody. Uh, it's it's really uh, something for very talented people who are really willing to do something. And it's, I have to say that it's a very, very satisfying job at the end. So uh, most of scientists, I'm not sure if it's really possible. If this is really possible to take some idea and and to convert it into product which will be delivered to the patient. However, once this happened, or as soon after the license is is sold or licensed out or a spin-off company is established, and you see the first first prototypes, then you can uh, see how satisfying this is for for scientists because Absolutely. then it, it's getting some higher sense and, and, and you as a scientist see that, that your work can be turned in, in, in a product and can really help, help people. And, uh, uh, this is, of course, satisfying for me that, uh, why I decided to work in this field. Uh, and, uh, I see that this is, this is a really good way how, uh, people who are trained in science who are willing to do something more, um, let's say, business-oriented, something which is more practical, uh, where you can see the outcomes, then, this, uh, then there is a good idea to think about, uh, to work for some spin off
0: I completely agree to what you said. I think uh, working in the field of translating science into business is very satisfying for all people involved. I mean, uh, especially for the scientists. I mean, what is better in, in one's life than seeing that an invention a person made really helps people at scale and makes their lives better. I think it's uh, one of the best things. You mentioned in uh, in the last minute, something that I find very interesting and would like to elaborate a little bit more and go deeper into that. Uh, You said that in startups, mostly you need people uh, that are coming from the industry, but it's very difficult to motivate them to go into a startup area. And on the contrary, on the other hand, uh, we have the scientists, which in my opinion uh, are trained naturally in the right mindset to become also great entrepreneurs. I mean, uh, when you look at science, it's uh, find a problem, define the problem, form a hypothesis, make some experiments, uh, remodel your hypothesis, find new problems, and find solutions and solve it and do it at scale. And pretty much the same happens in companies. So no wonder that people, I think, like Elon Musk, uh, who also have a little bit of scientific background, um, uh, make great entrepreneurs. The thing is, which I found very difficult, is uh, that I see two clear mindsets in that process. So one is science. And science with all its creativity, and it's really great. And on the other hand, I see the industry, which in my opinion is a completely different mindset. It's uh, very structured, very focused, very goal-oriented. And when I contrast it with science, science is creative. Scientists need to be creative. They need to find new solutions. So pressing science in the process is really difficult because it contradicts uh, how science should work and uh, how people should find solutions. And they don't come out of processes. They come out of creativity, which doesn't work in the industry. And then we have this middle ground. We have this ground in between, uh, between science and uh, between industry, which needs personalities. Uh, that understand both worlds. And this is exactly what McKinsey is criticizing in Europe. They say uh, in the translation, there are not enough people who really understand both worlds. How do you see that? Do you, uh, uh, let's say, agree to that uh, point of McKinsey or do you see it differently with your experience based in Europe? I think
1: of course, the statement that uh, there is not not enough uh, people for uh, with, with this double uh, expertise or somebody who really understands uh, a bigger picture of 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 such a project. Um, but I don't think this is something which cannot be changed. Uh, uh, let's say back to the people who are coming from industry if if you work for a bigger corporate uh you are uh usually uh hired for some very specific uh, uh expertise or some very specific small uh, piece of expertise and there there are not so many people who really understand the complex uh, process despite they are coming from industry they are uh, focused on on some field and it's it's Kind of demanding, uh, really, to to start your own company, and it's it's again a step out of a comfort zone of, of those people. This, similar to the science, scientists. scientist, uh, it's it's something completely new, and uh, you know, uh, you mentioned that for science there is this uh, 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 let's say um, uh, a different view. Uh, Do you, you have to be creative? but i don't i i think in 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 small companies you have to be creative as well as a as 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 a manager of a small company not, not a big corporate maybe uh and in both uh communities there are various people very creative people somebody who is less creative somebody who is very pink and needs to to have everything uh in in order somehow uh so i i would i don't want to generalize this I think uh, there are uh, good people on both sides. Uh, Various uh, uh, talents can be found there. And uh, in in principle, I think uh, it's good to show uh, that there is such an opportunity, that the spin-off is a uh, regular uh, choice. Uh, You you can either stay in the research and follow up uh, a research career, uh, you can work for a company and follow up that career in small company or big company, or a third choice is, is, is to start a spin-off. So once we will be in, in such a position that this will be a regular career path, um, uh, we will find uh, more and more people who will be interested and who will think about it. And I think it, it's actually happening. So it, it's something which is changing every day. Uh, it's about the talented individuals, so if you have just just one person who is very talented, uh, who decides to, to uh, start to work for a spin-off company, then, then it could be enough to change something, actually, because uh, at the end of the day, the best, uh, let's say, uh, the most successful uh, spin-offs are, uh, is the best advertisement for, for forming uh, further spin-offs. It's so I think... Uh, yeah, it's. I, I don't want to to say if it's better to work with people from industry or from research. I feel that the talented people who are open-minded, who are open to uh, step out of the comfort zone, because this is actually what what startup is. You have to really go uh, for this challenge, and uh, you are simply stepping in in a new field so those people can be found on both sides it depends on on their history and actually uh if you have a scientific background and start to work for a company right after the school it's not, not nothing which is somehow uh disadvantage. it's not a disadvantage it's advantage of course on, on one hand if you have uh, somebody who, who spent eight years on on two or three posted positions in in us israel or, or Wherever in Europe, and then uh, coming back to the or or even finding finding a new new challenge, new uh, new spin off company to work for. So uh, all of these people are welcome, uh, and if if they uh, are talented and hardworking, they have a good chance to be successful. And it, if they are uh, able to select the right startup uh, to work for, actually. So this is this is um, yeah. We are not in uh, in the situation as in as in the United States or as, as as in Israel or in Czech Republic. We are not in the situation as it, as it is in, in in Germany. But the good uh, um, uh, let's say uh, good news is that that uh, we are on a good path, and it will not take uh, too many years uh, to uh, uh, somehow. Uh, Start with the spin-offs as a, as a regular, or to have here as a spin-off as as, as a regular career path for, for for young people. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: If you're an engineer, you're a scientist, you love Formula One, you love cycling, you love learning about how new technologies are changing the world around us, then I thought you may want to listen in to my new podcast, the Neil Ashton Podcast. We talk to leading engineers and scientists from around the world hear about their life stories, hear about new technologies and hopefully educate you and give you a better sense of how key things like machine learning, artificial intelligence, supercomputing are changing the world around us. If that sounds like it's something you might like, you should come and have a listen. Let's talk a little bit, I agree to what you say, let's talk a little bit about uh, the role of capital in this process. So a few years ago, um, did uh, some research uh, in the field and uh, wondered why are so few scientists uh, really interested in leaving uh, the university, starting a startup. And my personal view was uh, that one thing is missing in Europe, it's capital. So it's capital allocated towards deep tech. And also my opinion is that uh, the problems we have today, think about climate change, think about life science, uh, can only be solved by scientists who start startups, who turn the science into products. Uh, just think about biotech, for example, with the mRNA vaccine. The founders are scientists. They got enough capital to move their science forward into products, and they brought it to market at the perfect right time uh, to fight the pandemic. Um, When I looked at the capital landscape here in Europe, uh, I always got the answer that we have sufficient capital in Europe. And my personal conclusion was, yes, it's right, but it's not flowing towards deep tech. So sorry to say so. It was around 2017, 18, when I started Life Science Get Together. And so I thought, what can I do? What can I do? And when I looked uh, across the Great Pond, I... So, let's say it's a glory land, a glorious land uh, of the United States with uh, an abundance of capital for deep tech and for science. It's just look at the NASDAQ, uh, which companies are listed, their valuations, how much money is flowing there. And I thought it would be a um, very easy sell to motivate uh, United States investors to invest in Europe and uh, to move them over here uh, because we have a lack of capital in my opinion and we had, and it's still there. So what I'm interested to hear from you is, is it just my perception that uh, we could need more capital in the process? Uh, my personal opinion is with more capital, we have more opportunity to train more scientists and more people from the industry in the middle ground uh, to gain more experience and to train also the next generation of scientists to form startups. And uh, when we don't put capital into that field, uh, the right talent will
1: not uh, evolve, evolve. How do you see it? Mm-hmm i'm I'm not really sure if this is a really straightforward equation that more capital means uh, better outcomes. Uh, I think it's important to uh, you know for, for for biotech projects, in in my point of view, it's it's good to uh, have uh, an investor who really understands what's going on there, who is not uh, somehow panicking after a very first uh, bad results, which which uh, could happen very. Quickly, that that uh, the outcomes are not optimal or not as good as planned, and and this is actually an uh, advantage for for life sciences and, and, and biotech field in comparison to uh, uh, applications or ICT or, or AI solutions. So, uh, which is much more binary. So, uh, either uh, the competitor is making better app than you, and 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 you are lost, or or not, but, but in a biotech, uh, the, the technology could have much more applications than just one. And if you are not on the optimal way, you can change the plan and go forward. And uh, we already saw that several times that, that the project started in some direction and then changed the direction and they were successful in, in completely different field or indication or, or, or different application of, of, of the technology uh however if the if the investor and the capital is not somehow able to understand this, then the project could be stopped uh much much earlier than it's needed uh before it, it received the chance to be successful so uh I think it's not only about the the amount of the capital which is invested Of course, we see how a uh, big difference uh is uh, in European countries. Uh, in the in the state support or public support of 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 um, establishment of spin-off companies and development of projects uh, pre-seed funding seed funding etc uh the question is how effective uh, these this public investments uh really are uh we see that it this is the way how how you can uh give a chance to to, to succeed or to actually to start uh to to a lot of Projects and the best of them will be successful and and, and will attract further further uh, private co-investors. Uh, um, so this is something where where we see that um, there are many models around us of of support of of this investment, how to attract further co-investors. However, uh, I think the most important point is that. Uh, Somehow, also the institutions are able uh, to uh, say that they trust the project or not. Somehow to find uh, ethically the right way how all the stakeholders can participate and can benefit at the end of the project uh, with some uh, reasonable stake, let's say, so what we see in the US that, that, that the projects are overvaluated, that the tech transfer of a, of a prestigious universities are willing to get too much, and it's, then it doesn't make sense to invest. So I think um, I think we have a good chance now uh, to find a better setup uh here. Uh maybe there is a lack of capital, uh may, maybe maybe not, because the question is how uh how many uh, high quality projects are around us now in Europe. Like uh, In drug discovery, we found out that that within the region, they are um, really the top of the top projects. They are like individual projects in in, in Europe, uh, which exceptional quality, uh, which should be invested. And those projects are in most cases able to find find its, its investors. And then, of course, there are other where they need a better treatment to be better or there are there is a higher risk so of course, to have more capital it's it it will give a chance to more projects and maybe some of them will be will be super successful uh however, I think it's it's better to uh somehow try to attract uh smart investors to uh, really uh develop uh further um funds specialized in 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 various fields um for example yeah i i know from our german colleagues how, how the very successful funds high tech and funds in in germany works so uh, it's a really good model uh i'm not not sure if they are really able to go really deep tech if they have sufficient expertise, if it maybe could uh, be better to have more specialized, high-tech in the fund for biotech, another for another field, another for another field to really uh uh press on smart investments. I uh, think when
0: yeah. I, when I when I uh look at the early stage investments or investing in general, I completely agree to what you say that uh uh smart capital helps tremendously to move things forward. When I think at um, investment in public companies, um, even if I do my due diligence and um, I do my research, which is very easy with public companies because there is so much information online and available these days, even then I cannot really say what technology and what team would be really successful in ten years. And these are then those companies that create uh, huge returns. When we look at uh, Tesla, for example, I mean Elon Musk. Now he's the richest person on the planet with uh, great visions. But until I think 2019, it was completely different. Um, A lot of people said this company would fail. And there were only a few investors like Kathy Wood from Ark Fund who said, no, I believe in that team. And I believe that Elon Musk has the potential to move uh, several industries forward. When I look at the seed stage of the companies and when I look at the pitch decks I get on my table, I always wonder, say, "Okay, what's the A team here? And what's the A technology? And then I compare it with listed companies and say, did I know that Tesla will be a big hit in 2021, making Elon Musk the richest person in 2021 with 300 billion net worth, personal net worth? Did I know that in 2010? And my answer is no. So When I look at capital and I say, okay, when we decide where to invest and which teams uh, we want to move forward, it's really hard to tell uh, how the talent will evolve and develop. And this makes me think that uh, we just have to play statistics and put money on people where we feel that... uh, they might be able to evolve in great entrepreneurs and then just uh, sit and wait. How do you see the development of talent in such companies? How important is that to the industry here in Europe?
1: Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: Moving is right up there with death and divorce in the Stress Olympics. But fear not, turn that box of woes into a crate of woes with moving tips in the Life Beyond Boxes podcast with Premium Q Moving. Dive into the world of hassle-free moves, learn tips and tricks to save on cash and your sanity. Say goodbye to those moving meltdowns and hello to the smooth sailings, or should we say smooth movings? Tune into Life Beyond Boxes with Premium Q Moving on LifeBeyondBoxes.com or find us on your favorite podcast platform. And with us, unpack the secrets to a stress-free move.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah I understand this is uh, and I, I fully agree that, that it's important to uh, not not to undervalue the, the, the uh, human capital and the people who are in, in in the companies and the teams who are flexible enough for example to to change the the business plan uh, in the right time and and and, and uh, change something uh, dramatically and uh, yeah so uh, in, in this perspective, this is this is really question um, how the European ecosystem in, in the biotech investment should should be evolved. Uh, if you look in the in the deep tech and and if we are looking at the and the technology itself, it's it's one of the approach uh, where, in our point of view, it makes sense and uh, it's really demanding. And if you have a, if you have a ecosystem behind you, if, if you have a, a buddies like INI Prague, the team, uh, is behind you, even if the, if the team of a spin-off is not successful in, in, in management of, of, of the project, you are able somehow to find a partner for the, for the technology, or you have a good chance to sell it if the technology is okay in future. Of course, then, then some opportunities like, like Tesla or, or this maybe can, can miss you. That's that's something, or you can miss it. So this is something um which is uh uh more for the other kind of investors who are investing more more in people uh, who are around us here as well. I think uh I, I think what, what is Really missing here is a is a capital who is investing in this kind of of deep deep tech stuff and and a people who are uh, visionaries who are uh, really trying to change change uh, field or change the uh, the thinking of of people in some specific area and um, yeah if if I look around the investors in in real estate or in other other various traditional fields, it's of course much, much easier and maybe less risky, however, uh, the upside is, is limited as well. So we hope that the INI Prague and INI Biotech Fund actually will uh, show that, that uh, there is another way as well, that, that it makes sense to uh, try to invest in more demanding areas and that's maybe it's not so much risky, either if you select the, the right technology or if you select the right team, then uh, in both cases, you can be successful as an investor.
0: Yeah, I agree to what you said. If uh, Sometimes the fund setup are in a way that they can only support specific projects. I read an interesting article uh, yesterday on the internet. Uh, it was posted by Sequoia Capital, and they announced the new venture fund model, where they said in the article... Uh, they put all their funds in one big long term fund. Uh, so, money that goes into companies meant to stay there for one to two decades. And their thesis was that they said, okay, I mean, if you want to tackle big problems in the world, um, very often teams need. Uh, 10 to 20 years to move technology forward to a point where it really can turn into a product. And with a fund duration of three, four, five years, it's not really possible to do that. So they have they put a different angle on venture capital. How do you see such an approach? Mm-hmm.
1: Of course, this is, uh, yeah, just just uh, for information, uh, INI Biotech Fund, Horizon is is uh, ten to thirteen years, so mm. we have like five years investment period and then then divestment the period and some option for uh, prolongation. So I feel this this timing is is okay for, for biotech projects. Uh, however, you are not able to accept and and invest in in really very very early phase of of a technology, which means once it's only in lab, there are no no further results showing the potential of a technology uh of course this is kind of limitation on the other hand if if the if the timing is so generous or if 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 you have 20 years or or more yeah i think it's it's really long uh time to uh keep the focus and it's 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 really significant period of humans' life. So uh simply you are spending with the team quite important part of your life as a as a as a investor and as an investment fund. Uh, So I don't feel this is um this is the right pressure on on the on the focus on uh and on the performance Mm -hmm. of this. Of course this is this is interesting approach. We see this is uh, something which is used as well with the EIF, That the, the, the horizons of, of some funds are longer than ten years, fifteen years or more. Uh, and the other investors, yeah, it's. I think it's 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 good to try. Uh, how to save if this works? Um, because after so many years, then uh, you have uh, the answer. If this is if this makes sense after so many years, then. Uh, uh i'm not sure if you have chance to react and change the system after 20 years so you will get the an answer if this makes sense after 25 30 years which uh is almost like uh um, complete active career of one person almost like 30 35 years then then uh, yeah so it's it's uh, really everything could, could change Meanwhile, then um, even the money owners are waiting for the money so, so long uh, that uh, yeah, it's hard to evaluate if, if this is the right, right way to go or not. But I'm happy that this, is, this is something which, which people are trying because uh, it's kind of similar approach as for, for the impact funds, where they think about the, the impact more than the money. Uh, which we feel this this makes sense, especially for this uh, very game-changing uh, technologies, uh, where all the business plans written down on the paper doesn't make sense because it's it's hard to me imagine that it could happen. so uh, i'm I'm happy that these kind of investors are here and trying uh, to implement such a, such investments. Uh, Of course, we decided to do it the way as I mentioned uh, in the period of 10 to 13 years, which in life sciences and and biotech, is it should be sufficient, I think.
0: You're right. I think there's also a need for different approaches on the market. I think the Sequoia approach... uh, will be beneficial for certain types of companies like Tesla, for example, or or tackling uh, climate change or or space exploration, especially when it comes to resources. These are the huge problems. And there are also other opportunities on the market where other models are, uh, let's say, are more suitable and where short-term duration is more beneficial than a long-term approach. So I think there is more variety on the market, which is a good thing. let me let let me open one last area of questions uh before we wrap it up um i really like how the ecosystem here in europe developed and evolved when i started in life science in 2006 um, there were a few corporations who put money on companies most investors uh, came from asia or the united states or the united kingdom here on continental europe and um Terms like startup didn't exist, or like incubation program, acceleration programs. Uh, and you also said that in Prague, even in Prague, um, Iocp Tech is a rather new entity. When we talk uh, about uh, decades, so it's uh, ten years old more or less. Then I and I is a young entity. Your fund uh, recently closed, and uh, there are more and more activities here in Europe. So when I think to Austria, we have ISD Cube, for example. Uh, we have in Germany the High Tech Gründer Fund. <clears throat> we have also some successes where life sense entrepreneurs made some money with licensing deals or selling their companies to the industry that in principle puts the money back to work into new endeavors and new companies. It's all great. Um, my question to you is, are we done yet? Uh, is that it is the European ecosystem. Perfect. Or do you see some further room for improvement where you say, uh, you would like to highlight it in a message to the community where you believe uh, that the European ecosystem still needs to strengthen and puts a little bit of focus towards certain areas to make uh, the anti-ecosystem more successful. Mm.
1: So definitely we are not done. It's, 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 it's not, uh, not at the end. I think it's it's just at the beginning and it's, it's important uh from authorities from uh local governments uh there is an important uh, um challenge for them to really tune up the system of of support and 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 system of support of of, of research uh the right way to uh make it uh, really uh competitive in comparison to uh other uh bigger players uh who are uh, especially from from US and Asia who are really really growing and and, and working uh, hardly on on development of such ecosystem so there is a huge work in front of us and it's important to uh, still uh check and and try to improve the system uh the ecosystem which is growing here and and trying to find uh, find a way how the collaboration of all the players could, could really work uh so i think this is this is just the beginning and uh, we are still Pioneering uh, mm. in, in many many fields, and and uh, this is first kind of fund uh, here, and I and I hope we will be able to to follow up with with further funds to attract uh, uh, attention of a bigger players, uh, bigger financial world um, uh, some funds of, of uh, uh, like bigger bigger funds who are investing in more more traditional fields, and actually. Uh, biotech and life sciences, uh, uh, is a tra- traditional field. Actually, it's not recognized by the financial world as a traditional field. So, uh, and as well, the innovations in, in this, uh, this is something which is here for, for, for decades and decades. Uh, you know, it's, um, um something which is very, very well known. And we are somehow starting to, opening this this field for investors and, and for entrepreneurs and et cetera. So I think we have a, a lot of work in front of us and it's important to, to speak within the community and trying to find the best model, uh, combine models, uh, maybe uh, um, try to uh, introduce uh, competitors who will fight for projects, who will uh, be uh, more effective in support of, of, of projects. Uh, so definitely we are not done, and uh, I think it's important to decide if, if the complete European ecosystem is willing to uh, focus on a uh, deep tech project. If if Europe is willing to produce original projects with uh, extra added value and and willing to stay competitive with with the the other big players, so I, uh, this is some some kind of challenge and some kind of fight uh which uh, we can lose as well in, in in europe so i think this is this, there is a need of, of huge support and there is a, a need of uh, finding of the right collaborative models which will be beneficial for for scientists for scientific institutions uh for companies and for investors and, uh, maybe to decrease all the barriers or, or go over all, all the barriers, which are somehow blocking, uh, um, um, boom in, in, in the startups. Uh, I think we, it's something has we already done. We are close to real start of, of, uh, uh, decade of spin-offs in, in biotech. However, it's still, it's still fragile and we have to somehow, uh, Try to support this to, to to grow and to be more uh, robust and and more standardized and let's say uh, more stable. Because uh, especially in, in in Czech Republic or in in other in Slovakia and Poland and other countries, support of tech transfer is not very stable. It's still changing. Uh, it's up and down. Uh, tech transfer offices are uh build it and then closed down and again build it and. So, so we have to find some stability uh, for all sides, as well for for the uh, for the investors. So there is a need of change in legislation. There is a need of change in in thinking of people uh, and uh, somehow make it attractive for for all the players who are there.
0: Yeah, I agree. Great points that you mentioned. Uh- When I look, I have a finance background, so it resonated while you were speaking and uh, think back when I decided to go into life science. I think the complicated thing in life science and other scientific deep tech areas are um, that people on one hand need a deep understanding of science. And usually people with a financial background don't get training in that. And on the other hand, uh, to evaluate whether game-changing technology can turn into a product and also create sufficient returns for all parties involved involved, needs a strong uh, understanding of the financial markets, uh, which is a science by itself. And it's always, it's ever-changing and it's not very easy to keep up with where the market is going and what motivates people. Bringing these two worlds together is a real challenge. And I believe it needs more funds like yours that uh, help scientists to gain more insights into the financial world, but also on the other hand, train people with financial background in understanding science, which is, in my opinion, very complicated because the game changing technologies in science itself are uh, not a program for a huge uh audience, I would say it's very narrow, very often MR, mRNA vaccines, for example, uh, 20 years ago, I believe there were only a handful of people who really understood what's going on in that space. But... Uh, 10 years ago, for example, was the right time to put money into that. And explaining such complex technology to people with a financial background is very challenging. And I think I agree to what you're saying. So we can really keep up with that. And we have to to spend more time educating both sides to talk with each other, which comes to a very interesting question of collaboration. How do you see the... Motivation for collaboration in Europe currently. You are working with a lot of organizations from all over the world. um How did you? How do you see how the collaboration attitude evolved over the last uh, five to ten years?
1: Yeah, that's very, definitely, there is a uh, need to improve this uh, mutual understanding of, of these these two uh, fields. Uh, I think it's getting better uh especially thanks to um successful exits of of uh of startups in this field and thanks to the European investment fund and their activities because they are uh doing a good job here in 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 support of of such activities so i think it's on a good good track however uh, still um let's say I think the situation is completely maybe different in, in, uh, UK or in, maybe, maybe in Germany. I'm, I'm not really sure, but in, uh, central European countries, it's not, not so, not so evolved. And I think, uh, there is a need of searching for new models of collaboration and maybe, uh, more interactions are needed and, and more, uh, success stories together are needed so uh, definitely there is a there is a uh, here a lot of work as well Uh, we have to uh, show success stories and good examples that it's something where it makes sense to collaborate Uh, we should uh, we have to show that this field is not as risky as it looks like uh, that um, if if you have a good background and if you have a good expertise you can uh, select uh, good and relatively safe project. and uh, however, uh, especially thanks to uh, uh, this um, demanding uh, knowledge, which is or let's say knowledge base for, for for biotech. So, you need years and years of education really to understand, as, as the mRNA vaccine has been mentioned. So, it's not easy to explain why it's better and, and why it should be supported. Uh, so, yeah, it's still a long way, I think. And um, the only way is, is to, is to uh, trying it again and again and showing uh, success stories and showing examples that it works and, and trying to meet and discuss as, as much as possible together.
0: Yeah, I agree to what you say. Um, keep going, move things forward, regardless of what's happening in the world. And uh, success comes in the end automatically. Just never give up. Um, Yaromir, let me ask you one final question in this amazing conversation um i think it's very easy to uh imagine an end point of a technology and a company and uh to paint in uh beautiful colors the success story that we all want to see when we invest into companies um very often the first step is the hardest taking the first step And I would like to ask you one final question around this first step. So just imagine that the scientist approaches you and says, okay, I have now technology developed. I believe it can become a product. Uh, And he wants to take this first step. How would that first step look like in your opinion?
1: So it's important. uh, I think the very first step is important, important to be uh, open for advice from, uh, people from the other, other fields. So, uh, I think the very first step is to, uh, speak about the things, uh, about the ideas you have. It's a safe way, of course, after, after, uh, signature of, 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 uh, non-disclosure agreement. Simply, uh, the good beginning is to use the, the ecosystem, which has been already developed so if if you work for some university, uh, more, most probably there is some tech transfer office. So very first step is to speak with them. Uh, and uh, very important is to be open for uh, for ideas from other other people. I think this is the biggest biggest issue that uh, very talented scientists thinks that they know everything that they are, they know all the detail, all the all the aspects which are important for a successful project. And are not so much open to change the, the, uh, the thinking and, uh, somehow open the mind to the other ideas. So first, it's important to speak with, uh, uh, trustful and, uh, relevant people. Uh, then think again, maybe change uh, a bit, uh, your plan or maybe, uh, start to be open for more. Uh, ideas for maybe another application of your technology and then to be open to work with uh, people who are not so, uh, let's say, uh, have not so bigger understanding of of, of, uh, the topic of of your work, Uh, try to explain the technology, try to speak about the advantages, uh, try to think about the uh, risks which are there and about limitations, uh, and be open, uh, for, uh, critics. I think this is very important because what's, uh, happened very often to us is that the very first idea is not the best one. So, uh, scientists are coming, uh, back uh, regularly to us with new and new ideas. And maybe the second or third will be much, much better because uh, they get some advice. They can get some, uh, uh, let's say, uh, better targeting or ideas how how the technology can be used better. So if you um, um, are open, to, to the other people. And if you somehow respect that the others are having some expertise in other field and they can help you, then uh, it's a very good step uh, towards to have a, have a successful spin-off in the future.
0: Great advice, Jaromir. Thank you very much for your words, for your time. And I wish you and your team all the best for the future. And I'm pretty sure you create uh, nice success stories out of Prague. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you.
1: It was Have a really a- great uh, conversation. Thank you very
0: much. Thank you for your time. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Please, please share the podcast
1: and make sure you've subscribed. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.